gonna hit it in five, four, three, two, one. What's up, Sis Squad? Welcome to week 28 of It's Sports Sis. I'm Sarah. I am your self-proclaimed sports expert, and I'm here to answer Christine's and all of your sports questions. What's up, squad? My name's Christine. I am your average Joe Schmo when it comes to sports knowledge. I will hopefully ask all the questions that you at home are also having. So without further ado, let's get to it. I think first we need to recap your crazy Saturday because Sarah, you guys, if you didn't get to see our Instagram, got to actually (gasps) run alongside Steve Smith. Everybody keeps bringing this up and I'm literally, this is such a busy time in my life. I keep complaining about it, but I I've got so many things going on. Everybody was just, yes, all very good things for sure. But everybody was like, um, okay, you had the best Saturday ever. And I was like, I'm like, what did I do Saturday? What did I do Saturday? I know the reality of it was I was so nervous the night before that I didn't sleep. So then I woke up, I run the 5k and then afterwards I was able to like, stop. Steve has a podcast too. Steve Smith does. It's called cut to it. So y'all go check it out. Um, and he was giving me all of like these pointers and he's been in the business obviously a lot longer than we have, and he's got a deal already. So he was like giving us tips and tricks on that side of things. We ended up talking for like 45 minutes. I mean, um, that's just so casual. Like just I know. wake up Saturday, Sarah texted me Saturday morning. She's like, Christine, I just don't want to go. She was so tired. Like she said, she hadn't slept. I was so and nervous. Then, yes. And I'm just like anxiously waiting by my phone after this 5k is over, I'm like, Oh my God, I just want to hear how it went. Yes. And then she FaceTimes me and she's got the biggest smile on her face. (laughs) I feel like I lived the best day of my life, Sarah, (laughs) like from my couch, just living vicariously through you. Like it's not a normal thing to be able to run three miles next to Steve Smith, who is a future hall of famer. He loves talking podcasts because like Sarah said, he's got his own podcast. I know it was so great. And he's like such like a down to earth guy. Okay. So first of all, um, this is so embarrassing, but I was like, um, you know, we had shirts made. I think I showed you guys on the Instagram story. So it said it's sports sis on the front and then the back said ice up sis, right? So why ice up sis? It's because Steve Smith, I shared this on the story too, just in case you didn't know, but his, one of his most famous quotes, um, was when he was catching a ball over a keep to leave, which is a defender. And they interviewed him at the end of the game. And I guess a keep to leave tore his hammy. And he said, do you have anything to say? And he said, ice up son, ice up. And he trademarked it. And it's just like followed him everywhere. Right. Um, so ice up son is Steve Smith's like, if you say ice up son, you think Steve Smith, when you say Steve Smith, you think ice up son. So instead of ice up son, the backs of our shirt said ice up sis. It was so clever. And he messaged us on Instagram. He was like, I think I see you <laughs> again. I'm living on my, I'm living vicariously through Sarah on my couch. So I get this message and I'm like, Ooh, he sees her. so I'm here's, like, here's the funniest part, right? So we like huddle up before we go on a 5k. I think I was just running a like warm up whenever he said that he saw us, but I, I walk you definitely up weren't by your phone because I was demon dialing you. Yes. I was not by my phone. So I show up to the group and I was like, hello, I'm Sarah because his partner, Steve Smith's partner in the podcast, Gerard was there too. I was like, I'm Sarah with it sports. So they both look at me and go, we know. 
they know. You stalk us. You stalk us. We know who you are. It's called brand awareness. But yes. (laughs) Look it up, people. (laughs) We awesome. Yeah. We blow them up. We tag them all the time. We hop on their lives. We like are just all over the place on social media whenever it comes to cut to it in Steve Smith. So it was just that much more validation when I showed up and they were like, yep. Hi, we know who you are. (laughs) So we are going to talk today, Christine, about a no hitter and a perfect whispering. Well, because you can't really talk about a no hitter. Why? Because it's, it's, um, you'll jinx it. Jinx it. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I think we need to talk about what a no hitter actually is. So, so we'll actually talk about what a no hitter is. Yes. And every time we say no hitter, I'm going to whisper. Okay. Okay. So what is a no hitter also no. known as a no, no. So it is a complete game in which a pitcher yields no conventional hits to the opposing team. Okay. So conventional hits. So if they hit a ball and it's a foul, it's still considered, he could still get away with a no hitter. Yes, exactly. So a conventional hit is where the bat meets the ball and the batter gets on base. So is if they hit the ball fair, if they hit the ball anywhere within the the field and it's not out of bounds, and he gets to first base, that is a conventional hit. Okay, so if let's just say a batter gets to bat and the pitcher throws him the ball. Yes. The batter hits the ball, pop fly, but gets caught. But he and so he's still can he's still in the running to get a no hitter. Right? No. Yes, that's correct. That's correct. So a complete game. There's a no hitter and there is a perfect game, right? So I'm, I'm right. going to explain the no hitter first. And, and the easiest definition, like I said, is where the pitcher prevents anybody from getting on base. The entire game. The entire game through conventional hits. So right. the pitcher can, so the pitcher can like, throw four balls and walk the batter to first base. That would still be considered a no hitter. Ah, okay. The the pitcher can still hit, like if the pitcher hits the batter with the ball and the batter walks to first base, because that batter did not hit the ball and make it to first base because of his own actions, the pitcher still threw a no hitter. Got it. I feel like there can't be that many no hitters in baseball, right? Well, yeah, that's like a very, very rare thing. So I looked it up and since the inception of the MLB in 1876, there's only been 307 total no hitters. Wow. I know that's a pretty crazy stat. And the reason that we're even bringing this up is because a player last week almost threw a per, a no hitter, right? Or he did throw a no hitter. He had a no hitter, but not a perfect game. 
Yes. So there's actually two, which is kind of crazy now that you guys know how like little it actually happens on April 9th, Joe Musgrove for the San Diego Padres through the very first no hitter in San Diego Padres history. And then fast forward five days on April 14th, Carlos Rodon, who's the Chicago White Sox pitcher through a no hitter and was this close to throwing a perfect game. So the fact that they threw even like no, no's or no hitters within like five days of each other, all within the same month is so impressive. And then yeah. Carlos Rodon again, you guys, there have only been 23 perfect games since the inception of the MLB. And Carlos Rodon was this close to doing it. It was being talked about like crazy. Well, for, okay. Rewind. What is a perfect game? We kind of talked about what a no hitter is, but what's a perfect game. Yeah. So a perfect game. Now that we know what a no hitter is, which again, as a reminder is a complete game in which a pitcher yields no conventional hits to the opposing team. Right. And so the player can get on base for it to be a no hitter, but a perfect game is where the player doesn't get on base at all. So even unconventional hits. That's correct. So, I mean, now that we know the definition of a no hitter, a perfect game is much simpler to explain. Basically, if the pitcher has a no hitter and doesn't even walk a batter or a batter doesn't even make it to base at all, even with their unconventional hits, they have thrown a perfect game. So if nobody touches the first base, Mm-hmm. That pitcher has thrown not only a no hitter, but also a perfect game. Does that make sense? Even if they're not like, so, and and it's not necessarily like a lot of people think a no hitter means that they literally, they throw, you know, however many strikes, right. But that's not the case. It's a whole team effort. Like I can throw the ball. I'm the pitcher. I'm throwing the ball to you, Christine. You're the batter. You can hit the ball, but but it's either caught or you're out at first. That's correct. Okay. So a no hitter is the batter and the batting team never, ever makes it on base the entire game. No, that is a perfect game. A no hitter. They can make it on base through unconventional hits, which are, or unconventional plays, which are four balls. So, you know, whenever in baseball, if the mm-hmm. pitcher throws four balls, then the batter gets a free trip to first base, right? Mm -hmm. That does not count against the pitcher as a no hitter. Okay. If the pitcher hits the batter with the ball, again, the batter gets a free trip to first base, but that does not count against the pitcher for a no hitter. It does, however, count against the pitcher for a perfect game. So if the pitcher I have this analogy. Well, it's not really an analogy. Of course you do. I know, you know, I do, but so you can have a no hitter without a perfect game, but you cannot have a perfect game without a no hitter. Got it. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. That's what I, I feel like that's where I was getting a little confused. Yes. So the perfect game is like the creme de la creme, the crescent of where you want to get to. There's the smallest amount of those ever in the history of baseball but a no hitter is also a huge goal for 
um, a lot of the pitcher, all of the pitchers in major league baseball, right. It's just not as good as a perfect game because the pitcher either walked the batter. Yeah. Or the batter got hit by the ball because of the pitcher, whatever. And there have been a lot less perfect games than no hitters. That's correct. Yeah. And baseball more difficult to do. Yeah. So obviously as I was looking into this because of the, um, the ones that happened recently, the no hitters that happened recently with Joe Musgrove and Carlos Rodon, and then almost the perfect game with Carlos Rodon, I started researching it a little bit more. And I wanted to look into the history of no-nos and the most popular one ever was about Doc Ellis. And it was in the 1970s. Have you heard about it, Christine? (laughs) I think so, but refresh my memory. Okay. 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 So who is Doc Ellis? He played for the Pittsburgh Pirates and Pirates in the 1970s. He played for many other historically great MLB teams, but on June 12th, 1970, he threw a no hitter and the story is hysterical. I'm pretty sure they did an entire documentary about him. I tried to find it on Netflix. It's called no, no. Um, but I couldn't find it. I think they took it off. So I just watched like a, a two part YouTube series on it. Mm-hmm. And the story is <laughs> what? it's so funny it has I, to do with drugs, right? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So doc knew that he had the next day off, right? So Mm -hmm. he was like, he asked his coach, Hey coach, I know we've got tomorrow off. Can I go home and like, just take day off? And he was like, yeah, sure. That's fine. Whatever. So he gets to the airport, takes LSD, gets on the plane, gets to like, I think he said he was staying with his friend's girlfriend or something. I don't know. Shows up and she's like, are you good? He's like, no, I'm high. This is his exact quote. I'm higher than a Georgia pine. (laughs) I was laughing so hard. It was hysterical. So he shows up at her house, right? And tells her I'm higher than a Georgia pine, whatever. I guess he falls asleep, wakes up what he thinks is um, the next morning, takes Mm -hmm. more LSD because he thinks it's just the next morning, which he had the day off. Turns out it was two days later. Oh no. So his friend's girlfriend wakes him up and he's like, dude, you've doc, you've got to go throw, like you're a, you're a pitcher. You need to go throw in this game. And he's like, no, like I have the day off. And she's like, yeah, you had yesterday off. He said he didn't even realize that he slept through the entire next day, woke up in the middle of the morning, took more LSD, had to get back to the airport and throw in this game. Right. Can you just imagine the delirium? Does um, LSD make you sleep that much? I don't, I had, I have no <laughs> idea. I have absolutely no, I've no idea. I've never done it before. I do know that there's hallucinogen. It's like a hallucinogen though. Right. So yeah, it's to the game somehow. And I guess back then it was like so normal, not for them to be all messed up on LSD. It was in the seventies. It was in the seventies. And I guess they like were popping pills like crazy. And so it was like an okay thing for them to talk about. I don't know, but he couldn't see the batters. So he's, he's the pitcher, right? So he he said he couldn't see the batters. He could only see if they were right-handed or left-handed. Right. And then the catcher. So the guy who's like behind the mound, who's catching 
all from the pitcher. Um, he said he couldn't read cause you know, they put their plays like fingers. in between their legs, their fingers. Yes. In between their legs. So that he taped his fingers so that doc could read his fingers because he couldn't even read it. And then he also said like, sometimes the ball would look like a gigantic grapefruit. And sometimes it would look like a ping pong ball. He said his mind was doing all different sorts of things. He did, but it worked for him, right? Like- yes. He didn't realize that he was playing baseball. He kept saying that he was getting touchdowns and it was <laughs> That's not even baseball terminology. And he's a professional. Yes. So he is hitting the players like the batters with the balls like crazy. The ball is hitting the ground. He's walking players, this, that, and the other. But because he was so unpredictable and obviously just high out of his mind, the batters couldn't hit his balls. So, so even though, yes. So even <laughs> though he was hitting the players with the ball or throwing the ball into the ground, whatever, he got a no hitter. And it was, I think still to this day, the most talked about no hitter in all of MLB history, because he was high on LSD. I'm going to need to find that documentary. I've never done LSD, but I could only imagine the the amount of anxiety that probably filled his mind whenever he realized that he had to go pitch in a major league baseball game that day. Yeah. And to be honest, when I first heard the story, I initially thought he threw a no hitter. Like he, he just must really work well on LSD. Right. So I'm kind of, it kind of makes me feel better to know that his balls that he was throwing were all over the place. It's just, they were unhittable. Exactly. I know. I wish there was footage from the game so that we could like go back and watch it. Like how hysterical with that? I wonder if there was in the documentary, we'll have to find it. Oh my gosh. We have to find that. I'm so curious, but his team, his teammates kept saying, you've got a no, no going, but all of his other teammates were like, shut up. Just like I told you earlier, it's just superstitious, very, very superstitious. If you talk about it, you'll jinx it. So you're not supposed to talk about it. Like they even like, it's so super superstitious. Like, like you really can't say if it's happening, you're not supposed to bring it up at all. You do not talk about it. If you start talking about it, the team will like literally kick you out of the dugout. Like you're not allowed to talk about it. The pitcher Mm -hmm. doesn't even sit with the rest of the team because it's bad juju. Like if a no, no is going, I can imagine the pitcher will sit at the end of the dugout by himself. And the other teammates are on the complete opposite side of the dugout just because of the the superstition. The second someone starts talking about it, it becomes a mind game at that point. Yeah, I know. So I can't even imagine. Be, you don't, yeah, you just don't want to hear people talking about it. I, I can relate to that. I feel like if I was a pitcher, I would be doing the same thing. I'd put my earplugs in like, I'm not listening to the outside world at all until the yes. game is over. Yes, yes. So the other part of like the major, like part of the superstition aspect of it. Um, so typically there's a pitcher swap. Um, after about five to six innings, they swap yeah. the pitcher because with 162 games in major league baseball, they really need to watch out for their pitcher's arms. Right. I mean, they're throwing this ball, you know, almost hundred miles an hour. It is like a, like very difficult for them to throw one ball after the other. So like I right. said, after five to six innings, they typically replace the pitcher, but with a no, no going, they obviously are, they obviously leave the pitcher in and it's like sacrilege for a coach to remove a pitcher from a game while he's throwing a no-no. Yeah. Oh God. Can you imagine how tired your arm would get? I mean, they, I, they 
pull them out and, and circulate their pitchers because their arms, right? And yes. Having to throw an entire baseball game, which is not a short feat. No. That no. I could, oh my gosh, my deltoid just getting sore thinking. About I know, that. I know. So anyways, I've got to tell you just about a couple of other like major no hitters and perfect games. Um, just like I said, while I was doing research on it yesterday. So Don Larson was um, a... New York Yankee in 1956. And in game five of the 1956 world series, he was the only pitcher to throw a no hitter and a perfect game in world series history. So that oh, was in wow. 1956. In world series, that's a big deal. I know. And then, um, Roy Halliday in 2010, um, threw a postseason no hitter. So that's been the only no hitter thrown in the postseason since 1956. And then the other one, the last one that I read about was this pitcher whose name was Galarraga. He played for the Detroit Tigers and he mm-hmm. almost threw a perfect game and a no hitter and a regular season game in June, 2010. But the umpire called the batter safe at first base when he was clearly out and ruined both the no hitter and the perfect game for him. And this was before there's replay now. So this was in 2010 when replay replay started in 2008, but it wasn't fully implemented for base plays until like 2016. So this was pre like they couldn't review whether a player was out or safe at a base until 2016. So this was in 2010 Mm -hmm. and the umpire, like I said, was obviously wrong. It was like very obviously wrong. It was nowhere near as close as the Phillies Atlanta Braves game that we watched last week. He clearly was out and he should have gotten a perfect game and a no hitter. So insert the next game, Christine, you know, they go on these series, the baseball teams do, and they play each other for like a week or so or whatever. Yeah. Well, the umpires stick with the teams too. They just trade wherever they are on the field. Right. So insert the next game has the same umpires, the same team and the umpire who called the runner safe at first, his name's Jim Joyce. He comes out in tears. He's sobbing because he realizes what he did and that he was wrong for calling the guy safe. Oh, and this was like the next day. It was the next day or like a couple days later, it was the next game and the same teams were playing. It was the same pitcher. And obviously it was a blown call, but Jim Joyce is the ump's name. You'll have to Google him. I mean, literally rip my heart out and leave it on the floor. He was like, I ruined this man's life. Like he was like, if I wouldn't have, I told you guys again, there's been only 23 perfect games in MLB history and Galarraga was one out away from doing it. And the one out that he got was an incorrect call. And it was all on the umpire. It was all on the umpire who came out in total tears, Christine. It was it was so sad, but Galarraga is now saying that since there's replay and they're able to overturn calls, they should go back and give him a perfect game. Perfect game. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Even if the umpire is coming out who called it out and, and ruined his chances of getting the perfect game is saying that he was wrong. They should go back, review the play and give the man a perfect game. Yeah. 
Exactly. That sucks. I know. I know. That poor umpire too, that he's going to go down in history as the guy that made the wrong call. Well, I think we have to move on from technical baseball now to move on to some baseball tea, Sarah. Okay. Something that I can speak on too, which is the J-Lo and A-Rod breakup. Yes, I know. I literally... I feel like every week we record and then something crazy happens on Tuesday night or Wednesday before our episode goes live. And I'm like, are you serious? Because lo and freaking <laughs> behold, JLo and A-Rod broke up on Wednesday last week and nobody's talking about it. Like some people are talking about it. They're just like posting it on Instagram, but like, I want to know, I want to know, I want to know it all. Like, hello. What happened? I mean, the Barstool, the, you know, Barstool posted the video of A-Rod, which I don't even really know. I think he got from his Snapchat. I don't know where they got it, but it was a video of A-Rod, obviously in his feelings, listening to Coldplay in the background, zooming over all of the pictures of him and J-Lo together, just obviously upset about this breakup. And to that point, he even came out and said that he was hopeful that they will get back together. He's the my, one who ruined it though. My advice, JLo, don't do it, girl. Don't do it. Yeah, because once a cheater, always a cheater. Like, seriously, I'm sorry. Hate to bring this up here, you guys, but Aaron Rodriguez, like, was known for doing steroids. He came out and admitted to do ster- doing steroids but during his baseball career. During his baseball career, which yep. is illegal, you're not allowed to do that because of their performance enhancing drugs. And then there's this documentary called I forget what it's called, but it's so freaking good on Netflix. Um, and it's about how he comes out and he's like, I'm so sorry for doing roids. This was like 2003, 2004. All I can say is, you know, please judge me from this point on, not from my past and blah, 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 blah. And it's all about how this doctor was like dosing a rod with roids for basically just to get away with it. Like that's his MO. Yeah. He went from cheating in baseball to practically cheating on his on his fiance, which we don't know for sure if there was physical cheating, but there was a lot of mental cheating going on. I mean, if you're sliding into other women's DMs, I'm sorry, that's considered cheating in my book and you don't deserve JLo. And he came out with a statement, actually they both did, that was like, we will continue to work together and support each other on our shared businesses and projects. Bull (laughs) You cannot work with your ex, are you crazy? Can you imagine just being in a business with your ex? No, like, I can't you, imagine. You don't need, even A-Rod, you guys have too much money. You too don't need much to money. Give me my oh, money. Give me my money, honey. Okay, Christine, update me because I, I want to know, I feel like we've been talking about this forever. So can you give me just like a gist of the story of like where all this started? Madison LaCroix is a reality TV star on the show Southern Charm on Bravo. Okay. So on their reunion show, they were talking about all the drama between her and Jay Cutler, right? She put Jay Cutler on blast saying that he slid into her DMs and they had all this, you know, banter back and forth. They hooked up, whatever. And she put it on Instagram for the world to see that they hooked up. Yep. In that reunion show, another star made note that she was banging an MLB player, but she signed an NDA agreement. So she wasn't allowed to speak on that at all. So another, like another person on Southern charm was saying that she was banging a baseball star. Correct. And that's how this whole thing blew up. 
that's whenever it came known that A-Rod was the one that she was messaging and that she flew out to Miami to go see. And she denies ever flying out to Miami to go see. Because she can't talk about it. She signed a non-disclosure agreement, which we talked about back on the episode with Martin. And he explained what a non-disclosure agreement is. But basically, if she signed one, he paid her. She can't talk about anything having to do with him or bringing up his name on any, any sort of forum. And that right there is reason enough. Whenever JLo found out that she signed an NDA, why would you have her sign an NDA? If you've got nothing to hide. Exactly. So there's no coming back from that. So that's really the reason that was a very long story short, but that's pretty much the reason why JLo and A-Rod are now no longer together because of this drama between them. Madison LaCroix, I can't stand her. I call, I don't even know her. Christine, I don't watch, I don't watch Southern Charm, but you said you kind of like her, right? Like she's like a, eh, no. I did kind of like her to be honest at the beginning. And then like through all of this, you just kind of see how thirsty she is. And I don't really love that about her, but she did just come out and say that she has another boyfriend and then like left it at that. Like, um, one of her followers literally cannot roll my eyes hard enough. One of her followers commented on her picture and said, a-Rod and J-Lo broke up, pack your bags. He's coming to come see you now. And then she responded to that with, I have a boyfriend, but she hasn't posted anything about it other than that comment. So who knows? I hope J-Lo stays very far away from this. She can do better. She doesn't need any cheaters in her life. I mean, she's done this before. She's how many, how many husbands has she had now? I think this was her third engagement, third engagement. Well, on to the next one. Find a better one. Yes, I know. She definitely deserves so much better. That body in her 40s. My God. Maybe no, her and <gasps> look like her. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. I, this is me putting my conspiracy theory cap on. So, you know, Anthony Edwards had no idea who A-Rod was, right? And he just um, invested in the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I was like, Betty mm-hmm. knows who J-Lo is. J-Lo should just go get with Anthony Edwards just to... <laughs> Anthony Edwards is 19. <laughs> I mean, whatever. It's J-Lo. She can do whatever she That's wants true. to do. Touche. J-Lo can do whatever the hell she wants to do. And yeah. everyone should be okay with that. Yes. Yeah, so 19 years old, Christine, obviously is very young for Anthony Edwards. But there's another league in soccer that is pretty much brand spanking new or is in the process of being created. So what is happening in the soccer okay. world? So I'm going to keep this very broad. So the European Soccer League have have been discussing this quote-unquote Super League now for years and years. And they just now decided that they wanted to make it a thing. So what what they want to do is bring 12 of Europe's biggest clubs into one league. So we're talking leagues from Italy, Spain, and England come together to form the Super League. There's a huge uproar about this because teams that are not involved in the Super League will lose money because of it. Players, fans, old players, whatever, they believe that it's diminishing the culture of soccer. So there's a lot of drama surrounding it. Why? So then why? What's the point? Just like every answer that we've given pretty much the entire past year, COVID is the reason that they are now really pushing the Super League to become a thing because the financial losses that they saw during COVID. Yeah, that the chairman of soccer just decided that he wanted to team up with these other really big clubs to form this Super League. But two, there was a lot of talk about how soccer that soccer is losing interest. So just like with everything going on with the NFL, right? They added another game in NFL 
um, regular season, the NBA playoffs, they just added the NBA, you know, we keep, we keep calling it May madness. They um, changed up their playoff schedule. Well, soccer is now doing their super league to keep things interesting and to keep people interested in the sport. Very exciting. Very exciting. Okay. Well, I think that wraps up episode 28, week 28 of It's Sports Sis. Thank you guys for listening and being so amazing. Hit that subscribe button, follow us on Instagram, and we will see you next week. Bye. See you later.